Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. Today, we're going to talk about how to stay positive and optimistic, okay? Um, this is, I think this is going to be a good one because, honestly, I need it. I really need it. I think it is... Um, there are times where, where I have to catch myself, right? Because my first thought goes down a negative path or I want to respond to probably Joe in a way that maybe not is going to be as positive as a response as I need. Um, and so I need it. I feel like we need it. I feel like we live um, in a time where pessimism and expectancy that things are just going to be bad are just almost epidemic globally. I think social media has a lot to do with that. I think the news outlets have a lot to do with that. I think that we feed into each other's negativity a lot. Um, I just think there's a lot of reasons for that. But, but it's, it's people who are just continually seeing the downside over and over and over and over again. There, it's, it's interesting to me that there are some people who are very naturally optimistic. Hello, have you met Sandy Case? Um, <laughs> Have you met Jen Crafton? You know, super, super optimistic all the time. And then there are people who are not, and I will not point you out. But there are people who are not. Does, does anybody know someone like the second one? The one who, don't, don't nudge, don't do that, don't do that. Look, I love my father. I love my father. But he will see five negative things in every situation before he will even consider the possibility that there may be something positive in there. And you have to, like, talk him down. Like, okay, Dad, what about, have you thought about, okay, Dad, okay, it's really annoying. It's very, very, very annoying. Um, but think about what we hear all the time, again, in our own self-talk, on social media, from our spouses, from our kids, from our neighbors, from our boss, from our whatever. We always hear things like... Um, Oh, the economy is doomed, and our morals, the moral ethics of our country are just falling completely apart, and teenagers, oh, don't get me started on teenagers, and, you know, blah, 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 and finances, all of the stocks are going to just crash, and everything's going to hell in a handbasket, somebody's got to fix it, right? Who knows these people? I know these people, because I'm like, easy, easy, friend, easy. The reality is that there are a lot of things that are going wrong in the world. And as Christ followers, we're not just going to put our head in the sand and pretend like they're not happening. But you know what we are going to do? We are going to trust that at the same time, there's lots of things going on in the world. God is doing amazing work in the midst of it. God is doing miraculous things in the midst of it. God is going to bring about something positive in the midst of it. I trust that completely. Can you all trust that? Yes. Absolutely. So, so this is rhetorical. You don't have to answer this, but which perspective do you tend to fall toward? Are you more of an optimistic person or are you more of a pessimistic person? I want you to consider how do I more naturally respond when something happens, when the guy cuts me off in his car at the Safeway parking lot, because the Safeway parking lot's weird. <laughs> I don't know why it has those. You can only go one direction. There's wide enough for both directions, people, to all I'm saying. Um, I, I have, I have, I have. And so how, Joe says you've been yelled at. Yes, I have, because that's wide. And I turned down it when I first moved here, and I'm like, oh, this is a one way. Oh, sorry. But how do I respond when I get honked at? What's my first response? 
I, w I want you to know I talk to cars and I talk to them by their make and model. I go, okay, Mr. Mr. Ford, okay, sorry about that, you know. Uh, I didn't mean to get in your way, sorry. Um, which perspective can you choose? <laughs> he knows, it's so true. Um, I'll give you an example because, because here, even if I find that I'm going down a negative response, First, I, I need to grab hold of that, right? Because scripture says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So I need to grab, I need to grab a hold of that and grab a hold of my, my visceral response and, and take responsibility for that, for that response and recognize what that response is. And so I'll give you an example that happened in my life this week. And that is, um, I, I have noticed since I have been weight-bearing, no brace, y'all, no brace, look at... I'm standing, I'm very excited. Um, but I have noticed since I have been weight-bearing, my knee is kind of turning in a little bit and my bottom of my leg is turning, is turning out. And so I went for a CAT scan and I went and saw my surgeon this week. And he basically said, number one, you've got at least seven more months of healing to go before this thing is, you're gonna be feeling more normal. And number two, this may not change. This may be your new normal. You just may, you may have to start functioning, uh, focusing on function over form. And so when he said that, I was like, oh. And then, actually, he said that part first, and then he said the seven months. And when he said the seven months, I literally put my head on Joe's shoulder, and I go, seven more months, oh. And then I caught myself, and I was like, wait a minute. He said seven more months to complete healing. I am healing. I am healing. That's the positive. He said seven more months to feel more normal. My leg might not look like it looked before, and I might always be wearing dresses and loose clothes now <laughs> because I'm uncomfortable with, I'm uncomfortable with it. Um, but I'm walking. I mean, that's my perspective. I can't be seven months and, oh, this is going to look funky. I need to be, so what? You have, you have a leg to stand on and you're able to walk and you're up here for the first time without a brace and you've got a big dress on and it looks, nobody knows. Nobody knows that you've got weirdness going on down here. So just stay positive. <laughs> just stay positive. But this, it's, it's weirdness. Um, but here's what I know. From the, uh, scripture tells us that from the overflow of the heart, right, the mouth speaks, from the overflow of the heart. So I want to tell you guys, I, I am a little proud of something that I did, but I didn't really know I was doing it until later. And that is the night that I broke this leg, and I won't go over how it broke because that's bleh. Yeah, Mike's like, don't say it, don't. Um, um, I'm laying in the bedroom and waiting for the ambulance drivers to get there. And they get there and uh, they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to move you a little bit. And, and you know, they're preparing me. And I said, Woo are you going to give me something before you move me? And he said, you know what? I could do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> That'll go good for your story. <laughs> let's, let's see if it works. Okay. We need a picture of this. Okay. Um, he's, he's grabbing his phone. Okay. So um, I said, are you going to give me something first? And he was like, absolutely. 
So here's what I know. Here's what I learned about myself. Um, that when you give a southern girl medication, she goes way south, way, way, way south on you. And so they're telling me that they're going to move me, and, I, and they start moving me, and it, and it hurts. And so I'm saying things like, oh, dadgum, holy cow, goodness, God bless America. <laughs> and then... And then, so they're putting me into the ambulance, and, and one of the guys in the ambulance says, now, he goes, now, lady, you're going to have to ease up on your language because you're killing our virgin ears. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, ha, 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 ha. Okay. And then we get to the ER. <laughs> we get to the ER, and they're telling me, we're going to have to move you. This is going to hurt. We're going to put a brace on. This is going to hurt. And I'm going, and I'm doing this. It's all right, darling. You do what you need. It's okay. I understand. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay, babe. Go ahead, sweetheart. You just go right on ahead. And then they said, now, we're going to knock you out for a minute um, because we need to set this leg. And they told Joe to leave the room. They said, you don't want to be in here. And, um, and they said, what are you going to dream about when you're sleeping? I said, I'm just going to dream about Jesus. <laughs> and Joe said that he's standing in the hallway, and he's like, like, where did that accent come from? Like, it's deep, it's deep in there, babe. It's deep, it's deep in there. But I am really glad that that's the words I was using. So the overflow of my heart, right? My mouth was speaking, and it was good things. I was very proud of myself for that. I love you, darling. I love you. I love you. So we have to oftentimes pick, actively choose which way Am I going to go with this? And I'm going to give you an illustration that I actually think is really interesting. And that is the, an illustration of two different types of birds. Think about a buzzard. What does a buzzard do all day long? He goes around looking for dead things. That's what he does. That's his thing that he does. He goes around looking for dead things. What does a hummingbird go around looking for all day long? Sweet things. Sweet things. We are very much the same. Whatever we are choosing to pursue, we're going to find it. Y'all know that, right? Whatever we're choosing to pursue, or whatever we by nature are pursuing, because it's our habit, or it's been, we've learned this because our family works like that, or whatever it might be, whatever it is that we typically default to, whatever we're looking for, we're going to find it. So we have to be very intentional and very purposeful in, in being honest self-evaluating and going, what am I pursuing? I mean, what am I really pursuing? Because I, I promise you, you're going to find it. And there's scripture that backs it up. It says this in Proverbs 11:27. Solomon said this. It says, whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. Right? If you want to find the negative, you're going to find it. If you want to find the positive, you're going to find it. It's funny to me because I, I, <laughs> I know that in this room right now, listen, no nudging, no nudging. There are people in this room who are like, oh, I don't like this message already because my spouse or my children have been telling me, quit being so negative. And now she's going to sit here and talk about it for 20 minutes. Blech. But the person sitting next to you is like, bring it on. Come on. I've been trying to, I've been trying to tell them that. I think it's hysterical because you know, I know some of you are in there. Some of you are out here right now. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you four different reasons why we want to protect our optimism or pursue reasons to become optimistic. Are you guys ready? We're going to... No? You're not ready? 
I can wait. If you need to take a potty break or something. Uh, we're going to get this all out of Romans chapter 8. Okay? This is in your notes. Optimism is not based on what we feel, but based on what our God says. So let's dive in. The number one reason that I am optimistic from Romans 8 is this. Because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. I want you guys to read verses 1 and 2 with me. So let's take Okay, are you guys ready? Go. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven. My eternity is secure. For those of you who have called on Jesus, you know this. You know this. Your eternity is secure. I, I, and I'm so thankful that my sins are forgiven because, look, I, I, I'm really good at sinning. I'm, I'm really good at it. Like, earlier in my life, I was really good at patterns of sin that God, I found freedom in God in that. But we, guys, we sin all the time. We, when that person cuts you off in that Safeway driveway, you know sometimes you don't say things that are very nice or you don't think things that are very nice. You know sometimes when your husband gets on your nerves and you're like, I, have, I tell him every now and then, it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, I'm done with you already. I'm like, I'm already done. <laughs> My class. Because he's just, he just picks, 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 picks. And he thinks he's hysterical. And sometimes I'm like, it's not funny at 7.30 in the morning. And sometimes I might say something that's not very nice. And then I have to ask Jesus to forgive me and Joe. J and J. We just, we do. We're just human, guys. We just do it all the time. Is that, is that fair? Do you guys think that's fair? But listen, God shed his blood that I would be forgiven. Jesus shed his blood that I would be forgiven. He rose from the dead. <coughs> Excuse me. So I could be made new. So I could be made new. That is a reason to be optimistic. That is a reason to be thankful. Absolutely, 100%. Number two out of Romans 8. If God is for me, who can ever be against me? This is what Paul said in verse uh, 33. He said, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. It is God who justifies. Now, some of you are like, you know, well, I know somebody's against me right now. Yeah, me too. Okay. But listen, if we are living according to what we believe that God has called us to, if we are praying and seeking God's guidance and leadership and wisdom in a situation and somebody else doesn't like what we're doing, who cares? If I'm doing what I believe that God is calling me to do, I can't let the opinions of others trump the knowledge and the wisdom of God. Does that make sense? Amen. I can't do it. I, um, I was talking to a young lady recently who was telling me that she was being really abused um, through a social media app, that somebody was uh, DMing her and really just going after her. And, and here's what I, was, I go, stop looking at it. Just don't look at it. You don't have to respond to it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to let it into your head and to your heart. You have control over that. 
But we get all up in the drama. What do you say now? Right? That's true. You seen teenagers with their phones around? We get all up in the drama. We get all up in the drama. And then all of a sudden, we're questioning ourselves. We're questioning the decisions that we've made. We're questioning, does, does everybody hate me? We're questioning, we're questioning. We're, just don't read it. Don't give it any of your time. Don't give it any of your attention. If you are good with God, nothing else matters. Okay? Okay? And you have the freedom. Yes. You have the freedom to go, nope, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. Next one. I am optimistic because my God is working everything in my life for good. I thought I skipped something. I want to make sure I didn't. Hold on. Because this is all pretty good stuff. God is working everything for our good. Romans uh, 8 verse 28 says this. We know that in all things. How many things? Not some things. Not most things. All things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. There is not a thing, there's not a thing that can happen in your life that God can't do something good with. Now, I will tell you, that doesn't mean I ever want to go through some things again. There's some things that I've gone through in my life I never, ever, 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 ever want to go through again. There's some things in my life I'm still going, what was that? What was that about, Jesus? Um... But God does something good with them. And I'll, and I'll give you, you know, one of my major examples. Um, some of you know that my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, when we lived in Houston, she was bed and wheelchair bound for the better part of three years. Um, she has a medical condition that is highly responsive to barometric pressure change. So her body just couldn't take the storms that are always rolling in and out of Houston. So we decided to, uh, to move to California, to move her to a desert. Um, those, those three years, and it really was five, but the last three were the worst, worst season of my life, most difficult season of my life, most angry season of my life, um, most questioning season of my life. Do I want to go back there? Absolutely not. Never, never do I want to go back there again. But, but I will say this, fast forward seven years, it's been seven years since we moved here, and she has met the love of her life, the sweetest young man in the whole world. I love him. Don't play this video for him. Don't tell him because I have to give him a very hard time all the time because that's how I roll. But I love him. She loves him desperately. Wouldn't have met him if we weren't here. Coming here uh, gave Joe and I the opportunity to pastor a large church down in Bakersfield and in doing so, um, getting to know and be known by Foursquare Leadership, and it opened up doors to Eureka. This is a wonderful thing. Hello. Wonderful thing. Would it, you guys don't think you're wonderful. I think you're wonderful. <laughs> Would have never happened had things not propelled us, propelled us to come here from Houston. Do y'all see that? So I see beautiful things that God has done. Don't want to go back and repeat any of it ever again, ever. But I see beautiful things that God has done, and it's those things that I have to put my faith and trust in. I... I have to trust him because if I don't trust him, I will lose my mind. If I could not have trusted him during that season of, I don't know, God, what you're doing. I don't know why you're doing what you're doing. I know that you can heal and you are clearly not healing and I don't understand why you're not healing and it really makes me angry, but I'm going to choose to trust you 
because you are trustworthy. You are worthy to be trusted. If I did not have the ability to do that, I'm not kidding. I think I would have had a nervous, a, ser a serious, a nervous breakdown. I, I really do believe that that could have happened. Uh, I was on the verge of it anyway, really. I was on the verge. I, I don't know how people get through things without Jesus, y'all. I, I don't know. I really don't. I know this. I know sometimes you don't feel him. I know sometimes a situation is so difficult that you can't begin to see that one positive thing could ever come out of there. I know that there are times where you feel like he's not doing anything. He's just not doing anything. But your faith, your faith tells you he's there. Faith is believing in what is not seen. Your faith is believing that he's there. Faith tells you that you can trust him because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows that. Long before tomorrow gets here, he's already been in your tomorrow. He knows what your tomorrow holds. He knows how to work things out. He is amazingly good and so powerful at working on all of these things for those who love him. I really hope this speaks to somebody because I really believed as I was putting this message together, oh, and I see a couple of, oh, I see you. Mm -hmm. God brought you here today for a reason. You are here today for a reason. It is not a mistake that you are listening to this message right now. It is not a mistake. God wants you to leave different than you came. He wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you freedom. The very thing that may be crushing your heart today could be the thing that somewhere down the line you see God's faithfulness in. You might not be able to see it today but I promise you'll be able to see it at one point. I promise. Lastly, with everything in me, I am full of optimism because nothing can separate me from the love of God. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. I need, I need you guys to hear that today. Nothing. There is nothing that you can do to be loved less than you are loved right now. There is nothing that you can do that will drive God away from you right now. There's nothing. Because your sins are already forgiven. The scripture says that he took every sin on him when he was on the cross. So what the things you're going to do tomorrow, the forgiveness is already there. It's already there. There's nothing you can do that can separate you. Listen, uh, verses 38 and 39 says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If there's anywhere you're going to clap, it's right there. Yes. No matter where you go, he is there. No matter, let me give you a funny story on this one. Can I give you a funny? So, when my daughter Jessica was about four years old, um, she all of a sudden she was not she was not sleeping through the night. She was kept coming into our bedroom and she would sneak into our bed and pretend like she wasn't there, but we knew she was there. Um, but it was it was two or three weeks and it was over and over and over again. And so I finally said to her one day, I said, "Baby, what is going on?" Um, and she goes, "There's a man." Oh, yeah. Mama. <gasps> because we had a split floor plan. So 
Mine and Joe's bedroom was on the very back of the house in the backyard. Hers was at the very front of the house on a main corner in our, in our neighborhood. And it was an older house, so kind of flimsy windows. And I was like, is somebody getting into her room? What is happening? What's happening? And so, I, so I'm questioning her. I go, baby, what do you mean there's somebody in your room? There's somebody in my room. I don't, I, <clears throat> I don't know if they're in my closet, if he's in my closet, or if he's under my bed. Because she had like a playhouse bed that you went up the ladder and your, the mattress was up top. I don't know if he's in my closet or if he's under my bed, but there's a man in my room. And I go, <clears throat> well, have you seen him? And she goes, no. And I go, well, how do you know that he's there? And she goes, because Jesus is everywhere. <laughs> she had been taught that at church, and she took it literally. There's a dude in my room at night called Jesus. I can't see him, but he's there. Come on, come on. We got to be careful not to tell that to the younger ones who maybe don't understand it so much. No matter where you are, God is there with you. No matter what happens in your life, God is still there with you. You cannot outrun his love. You cannot. Some of you have been running for a while. Some of you have been running your whole lives. Some of you got hurt somewhere along the line. You had a church hurt. Or something of that nature. You got offended at the Lord. You took that person too early. I'm done with you. You got offended. And so you've been running. You, count out, you can't outrun him. And so even right now, as I'm talking about that, some of you, your heart's just going just a tiny bit faster. And you're going, she's talking to me? I think she's talking to me. She might be talking to me. Yep, Jesus is talking to you. He's, he's getting your attention. He's getting your attention. Because you can't outrun him. He'll just keep running. That song that says, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found. If I'm in a park with my kid and I hear a gun go off, I'm going to knock over tables. I'm going to step on puppies. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to get to my kid. It's the reckless pursuit of my kid. I'm going to be recklessly pursuing my, I won't knock you down. But if I got to knock over tables and chairs, you betcha. You betcha. And then I'm going to stand between my child and that hurt, that source of hurt or pain or danger. That is what God does with you. He runs after you. He puts himself between you and the danger and he protects you. He says, come here, come here, come here, get behind me, get behind me, get behind me. And some of us are just audacious enough to go, no, I don't want to. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Get behind me, get behind me, get behind me. Mm, I'll think about it. You can't outrun him. And I know for some of you, you've been running for a while. But there's that little part of you that says, I really do want to believe still. I really do. Or maybe for the first time, I really do. I really do want to believe this. What is that? That is a faith seed that God puts in every single one of us. He puts a faith seed in there. And, and, and in that, there's a promise that there might be a lot going on in the world, but nothing is bigger than his love. Nothing is, but nothing is bigger 
He wants you to know that. Hear that. Hear that. Nothing is bigger. There's no thing that is so bad that it is bigger than him. I just got a call right before the first worship song played. And a very dear friend of mine in Bakersfield has a family tragedy happening right now. But she's watching. Nothing's bigger, babe. Nothing's bigger. It's going to be okay. And sometimes we just have to say, it's going to be okay. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know why. But I have to trust. I choose to. You don't have to trust. You choose to trust and activate your faith. I am optimistic because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. I am optimistic because my Savior sits at the right hand of God praying for me. I am optimistic because my present sufferings, and there are some, there are some, cannot compare to the future glory that God has for me and in my life. I am optimistic because my mind can be filled with the peace of God. I am optimistic because God is for me, and if God is for me, nobody else can be against me. I am optimistic because I have faith and I believe in these things. I believe in these I am optimistic because I know God is working even if I can't see it or begin to understand it. He is there.